Caitlin, please step forward. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a cold shower. Excuse I me! I need a shower after every week on this show. That's a better bump than she took in her match last week. <laughs> the future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Ooh, I'm trying to think of a Halloween version. Mm, pervy Primo. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty scary, right? It is. It really is. I mean, it kind of goes where, where Matt Stryker goes sometimes. Oh, so. dude, yeah. Uh, oh, man. Scary oh, man. Larry. Come on. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. We're not taking the easy way out. We're better than that. But you would be Scary Larry, Larry. Scary Larry. Scary, scary Larry, Larry. Nice. <laughs> Times two. See? It would it would have came naturally either way. Exponents. <laughs> so yes, this is a very ghoulish Halloween episode of the podcast, even though that we're in <laughs> nowhere near it. And like even when this episode come out, nowhere near Halloween. <laughs> no matter how hard we try. Yes. <laughs> but we just wanted to uh play along with these with this week's episode. <laughs> That's right. So I'm still gonna play all the Halloween music for this episode. No Y'all don't what. know. Y'all don't know. We in costume right now. Yeah. You just don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So I just want to throw off your whole year in general. So that way, <laughs> whenever you listen to this, you're like, you know what? I am just going to wear a costume. This is. <laughs> I'm wearing a costume when I listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. So this is, uh, this is a fun episode, man. I, I, before I even start saying, I think I always like when, wrestling shows have themed episodes whether it be halloween or or christmas i don't know why i think people same thing they just naturally have more fun on episodes like this i remember the the christmas episodes episodes of of raw from like five years ago i think mm -hmm. do you remember the one where it was uh where they went full-on kayfabe or half k where they gave up on existing storylines and they just did a whole episode of John Cena trying to save or avenge Santa Claus. Do you remember? That's that? right. I do. Yeah. That's Jesus. That is literally not only one of my favorite Christmas episodes. I think just one of my favorite episodes of wrestling in general. Nice. Yeah. Cause big deal. it is a big deal. Cause it, all it was, was I think it was Del Rio that ran over Santa. <laughs> Cena was just trying to avenge Santa the whole night and everyone was just playing along in, in their own storylines. That's and, how you got to do it, man. Yeah. So, I'll just say, yeah, you just got to have fun sometimes. Sometimes you just got to put kayfabe on top of kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a layered. Yep. Oh, the man. Next week, that, that episode never happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Twilight Zone version mm -hmm. of, of, uh, of Parallel wrestling. Universe right there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> kayfabe on top of kayfabe. Kayfabe squared. Does that mean this episode never existed then? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Add some trademark or non copyright Twilight Zone music. You just got to change the pitch a little bit. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> doo doo. Doo doo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hello, question mark. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, this is uh, a, a special Halloween episode of NXT because we are broadcasting in late October. So, this is episode 36 on October 26, 2010. Mm -hmm. At the good old Bradley Center, I know that they still go to, they still go there to this date. Oh yep, mm, yeah. In uh, I recognize the Bradley Center. Mm -hmm. yeah. Never been there though. Um, <laughs> we've never gone to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I have no intention on going to Milwaukee <laughs> anytime soon. Uh, 
that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's a very known city, but yeah, I just don't know what's in there. <laughs> it's a very specific city. Like, you're not just going to wake up one day and it's like, ah, oh, you know where I ain't never been? Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> planning a trip to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for with no events like around there. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You just went out there on like a Thursday. <laughs> 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 Not even a weekend trip. It ain't even a weekend. You just went out there on like a Thursday. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh we start off the show and yeah, we still we still have pyro. We still have pyro. Like I think I'm definitely gonna keep track of whenever we don't have pyro anymore. <laughs> you know what? It just I just don't think it's as far back as we might think it is. No, I think I think I'm going to keep saying that for like up until 2014 and then just realize like, oh, yeah, this is when it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, even though they're uh, a dot com show at this point, we still get pyro. <laughs> mm. So our first challenge or I should say our first segment here is the Diva Halloween contest or Halloween costume contest, I should say. Matt Stryker not in costume, which I was a little disappointed by. Very disappointed. I thought he was going to be in his ring gear from uh, <laughs> from his school teacher ring gear look, you know? <laughs> that would have been a good touch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Stryker introduces all the rookies, and they will be coming out in their Halloween costumes. First, we get AJ in some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles inspired wrestling gear. She was a slutty Raphael. Yeah. Or if she wanted to be even nerdier, she could have just said she could have been any of the original ones (laughs) from uh, the comic. Yeah. That would have uh, been pretty dope, actually. (laughs) Afterwards, we have Naomi and she randomly comes out as the hamburger (laughs) helper. And (laughs) it's hella funny. (laughs) I think they were working together at this point. Oh, I hope so. That's hella tight. Yeah, because she later on she full on just cuts a an ad promo for them later on. I'm with that. So yeah, she may have just been cross promoting, and I don't remember this happening. But yeah, <laughs> and next we have the uh, crowd favorite, where it's Vicky Guerrero, but it's not Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, it was just Caitlyn in cosplay. In cosplay, but yeah. she was also kind of just doing the same thing. She was. Uh, kayfabe on top of kayfabe where she uh did not break character she was pretty much cu- she was vicky Rowe. yeah she was keeping the mannerisms the same throughout this whole segment mm-hmm. which uh i gave her some props afterwards we had maxine as a ice queen even though it looked more like an outfit that kelly kelly would just wear <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i put eskimo i don't know if it was right but yeah that's what i put yeah i think that's what she was going for but they just deemed her the let's ice just cream. call what are those little dudes from super ice climbers let's oh, just call yeah, her yeah. ice climber yeah she was very ice climbery mm-hmm. now that i think about it Ooh, that would have been a fun fun if she would have came out with a little mallet yeah it been like oh, extra dope oh <laughs> kate all right not kate, uh, aj would have lost her mind man too. i would have popped for that yeah <laughs> last but not least we have oksana as a devil and i really i'm i think i'm gonna give him way too much credit here i really hope they only did this just to play off of the 666 that she got in the Power of the Punch segment. Do you remember? Nobody. No, they didn't. They, I refuse to believe that they linked that together. No way. That would have been so dope. Be, if somebody would have said that during the commentary, five. Yeah, yeah I, w- like, I know. I would have instant, like, no matter what they said throughout the show, I would have said, like, nope, five. Instant five. Yeah. But that just gives you a little premonition that they did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! They did not. They did not. Get a five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the only five. It would have been funny if, like, later on we cover the uh, the current era and we give a five to like New Orleans NXT Takeover New Orleans or something, and it would have been we would have looked back and like, what else did we give a five to? Yeah, <laughs> the, it's like what this random episode of NXT mm-hmm. <laughs> season three of that. <laughs> I liked, as I mentioned, how. Caitlin pretty much stayed in character during this whole segment. And uh, Matt Stryker just reiterates the rules of the elimination where we will have an elimination next week. So all the rookie divas are trying to get as many immunity points as they can before next week. The way the contest works is very similar to a anime expo cosplay contest where they'll have 15 seconds to impress the WWE. Stand there and do stuff, basically. <laughs> yeah. and- 
since uh, since we're trying to set up our own show, I've definitely been doing a lot of research on this topic. So it definitely felt very similar. Where uh, did you know? And a lot of these uh, cosplay contests, sidetrack, sorry, <laughs> uh, that when people make the costumes, they don't have to wear it and they can just have someone else model it and it will still count for them uh, participating in the contest. This is for more like, yeah, the higher professional ones. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So I guess at uh, Silicon Valley, they uh, they let you submit someone else to wear your costume. Because probably they just look better, better in, in it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Oh, that's dope. But yeah, they don't get the person modeling it doesn't win, but you win at that point. So I never knew that. That's uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like you're making a piece of art in a weird way. You yeah, know? basically. Yeah, uh, that's like those people in those uh costume competition TV shows. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, and it'd be like, ooh, look at me making face stuff i'm gonna put it on your face because i can't put it on my own face yeah that's uh face off on yeah uh, there on, we go on, on, on sci-fi face yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah i just a random trivia uh, knowledge B-roll. <laughs> yeah we have uh oksana who goes next or i should say oksana who goes first and she is the devil did you uh whoa i just remember that uh Stryker said communism never looked so good. <laughs> I was like, that's so inappropriate. Yeah, I know. Especially that's mean. Especially now. <laughs> it's like, whoa. I caught that first and I whoa. Calm down, buddy. Yeah, calm down right now. <laughs> so yeah, after that, she uh she yeah, she gets booed, unfortunately. I, I you know, I liked it. She was stayed she she also stayed in character. Yeah, you know, she's evil, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Up next we have uh the ice queen herself, Maxine. And uh, this, I just can't do it justice, so I'll definitely play the clip here. Next up is Maxine. Max, what's your costume? Max. I am the Ice Queen. <laughs> well, you could certainly melt that outfit. You've got 15 seconds. Oh Can you mind this away. You know what, Striker? I can melt this outfit. I can send shivers up your spine. But... Do you know what cold water does to a man, Striker? I would hate to embarrass you. I'm going to take the rest of my time to say there's only one spot for this queen, and that's on top. Uh, thank you, Maxine. <clears throat> now there's off to a great start again. You just hear... Josh and Cole just like lose their stuff, man. It was, they were going crazy, and then Maxine, she did it again. <laughs> Dude, the Maxine. She did that Maxine thing when she cut her Maxine promo about how she only belongs on top. Yeah, consistency, man. Consistent. Yeah. If there's anything I got to give her, is she got a little pose? Who's like oh yeah, she top, did. Like, yeah, yeah. Practices it. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Maxine. Man. Good job, Maxine. <laughs> So Caitlin is up next, and I'm not gonna lie, she did a very good excuse me impersonation here. I agree. Yeah. Um, if I was going to grade these myself, I'd probably gave her a five. Yeah, I should have graded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and even after she does that, she fakes a fall, and then Cole quickly just goes like, "Oh man, that's a better month than she did in the last week." <laughs> This is literally what we were talking about last week, too, about Caitlyn, unfortunately, not mm, taking her bump. questionable bumping. Even Michael Cole saw it. <laughs> Jeez. That, that's, you know, another side. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you feel about... So I watched uh, the show Ink Master, where it's two legit tattoo artists, and then you have Dave Navarro as the third judge. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Dave Navarro has no ink skills of actually doing any ink but since he's been doing the show for probably 10 plus years now mm. that he has a better eye for it because True. he's uh analyzed all the tattoos and of course he has a bunch of tattoos himself, himself yeah yeah so he's uh his his input is you know is more valid now even watching the show for so long like the points he makes are actually pretty legit and uh that his opinion counts just as much as the people who actually do tattoos that in your case here, what do you feel about like this where Michael Cole has never been a professional wrestler, 
But because now at this point, he's been co- doing commentary for WWE for, I think, at least 15 years mm-hmm. at this point. That Do you think they've also just developed that eye now at, at this oh, point? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's kind of like, uh, we'll think of um, think of like a head booker for an indie show. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but you know what I'm saying? That person's still going to tell you to your face if you're bumping like crap. Mm, so yeah, I think yeah. it's like the same thing. Cause like you'll think about it on one hand, but then I was like, you know what? I used to feel like, like the first day of like training or whatever. I remember being at school and I remember seeing uh like Gabe yell at somebody for like bumping oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking like, how are you, but you don't bump. Mm-hmm. And then I like, when I was driving home, I thought about it. I was like, well, you know, if you've been watching people bump for like, X amount of years. Of yeah, course, you yeah. know a shitty one when you see one. So I That's was like, true. oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, as as much as it was just a, uh, it was supposed to be a dig comment anyway, but mm-hmm. probably in his mind too, he was actually he tell- was being honest. Yeah, he, he was, was honest being dead yeah. honest. Like yeah. that was better than what she did last week. Yeah, so, yeah. So you know what I'm saying? He just took a little dig at her, like on live, <laughs> stream internet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I I thought it was interesting, and yeah, it just came to me. I was like, oh yeah, that uh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has he knows what like a good bump and a bad bump, and you know, like good ring psychology and mm-hmm. bad ring psychology and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like they just got oh, yeah, the yeah. eye for it, and it's like whoa, and they probably just see it from the sideline. Like, mm, that yeah, looks weird. Exactly. Afterwards, yeah, like the uh, the fans are really a hundred percent behind her, and I'll mention the crowd later, but they were uh, a hot crowd tonight overall and Milwaukee Wisconsin baby. yeah <laughs> but yeah it was also really weird because when she was done there was a lot of dudes just uh cat calling her and it was it was weird because nowadays I don't think I've heard that in wrestling anyway in the longest time where dudes are just like cat calling any of the uh the women oh you the- get you get escorted out and booed out the building for doing that yeah now. that's why it threw me off because you know you usually just hear crowds cheer for, for mm-hmm. the women, whether if they're doing something athletic or, you know, in sexual tone. But back then, of course, it was still more focused on the sexual tone matter mm-hmm. that it was so weird hearing cat calling when I was watching yeah, this episode. It's, that's not the culture no more. Uh-huh. Like, it's just that's just not even a cool thing to do. Like, hey, man, like you know, being with your buddies and doing something like that. It's like not even cool. It's like, man, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's cool to see how like culture shifts. Yeah. It's like the WWE is probably one of the best uh, representations of like kind of like culture. Yeah. Or yeah. like popular American culture because they basically reflect what's on TV and almost kind of like take something and it's almost like <laughs> it's like an extreme, extremely stripped down Law and Order SVU. And <laughs> that like, you know, like some storylines in wrestling, you'll be like, you're making fun of this that actually happened in real life. Oh, but right, it would right, just right. be like so way left, like left field. Like, look at like Seth Rollins is kind of like a cult leader. Like, you know, like you draw that inspiration from like real stuff and right, just over dramatize right. it. So you're just like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually really cool in that sense. So it's like, you know, what's kind of going on. So the things that they're saying in WWE. Like will reflect stuff that you know was popular and cultured in. Like it was still kind of like cool to make certain jokes like that on mm-hmm. TV. Like Matt Stryker making certain jokes like that. Like he not gonna say communism never looked so good in 2020. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not gonna happen. It's like come on. In that same time, we're not gonna be having like Halloween costume contests for like NXT women's title contenders and exactly. like that. Yeah, so yeah. like it's really interesting to see how like it all moves together. Like the women's revolution just, you know, it's almost like kind of, it coincides with, you know, kind of like popular culture too. Like you seeing more mm-hmm. women protagonists in movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that too. Like, you know, we can't act like it's not coincidental that WWE is following suit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it only makes sense. And it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely see the, the shift in culture in wrestling, which is mm-hmm. really cool to see. So speaking of, pop culture <laughs> Naomi is next and then she does her best Rick James impersonation here mm-hmm. and then she basically sold us some hamburger helper <laughs> <laughs> yeah she uh, she uh, slaps Stryker with uh, her hand by hand I mean her uh, extended fingers mm-hmm. <laughs> see like she should have just been the master hand from Super Smash Bros oh, yeah, yeah. we could have had a 
ice climber and the master <laughs> hand. Come on, man. AJ would have passed out at that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, speaking of her, she's last but not least. And uh, I'll also insert another clip here. But at this point, my entertainment factor, man, has, has really it's scoring high. And we're just at the first segment. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, tell us what costume you are going to model for us tonight. Before I tell you, I got a joke for you. Oh, okay. God. What did the glove say to the face? What did the glove say to the face? Smack! <laughs> Mr. Striker. Jesus. And then, yeah, Josh and Cole just, like, reacting on the side. I was like, it was amazing. And not only that, then you the camera cut to uh, Primo's reaction, and it was, it was also pretty funny at that point. <laughs> uh Oksana, yeah, so at this point then they, or I should say, at this point Stryker gets the universe vote, Oksana gets booed, Maxine gets booed, Vicky slash Caitlin gets a, a huge pop, Naomi gets booed, <laughs> and then uh, AJ gets a good pop, enough where Stryker has to get another vote from Caitlin, and uh, yeah, the crowd absolutely goes c- crazy for Caitlin's Vicky, and she wins the competition. After this, it was a a pretty funny dig that Matt Stryker just throws it back to Todd Pentengale and Sean Moody. And then, and then uh, those two, uh, Josh and Cole, just kind of like, oh, that's cute. That's very cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the the whole night, they're just having a blast already and definitely will uh, reflect on my scoring at the end. But, yeah, we just do a... Uh, a quick cut backstage where it's just DiBiase Jr. and Maurice backstage and you can't really hear their audio but they're just kind of signaling that they're arguing and they just don't want to be here and Josh quickly just sneaks in like oh I feel the same way <laughs> like I just don't I just don't want to be here and uh, we cut to commercial break at that point I'm priceless <laughs> wait that was <laughs> what you doing perfection in a price list <laughs> i was sitting here trying to remember how to like it's supposed to go and i was like forget it i uh-huh. could use a voice that I, i'm just priceless i am just priceless <laughs> priceless <laughs> oh that would have been a good one <laughs> so when we uh we come back from commercial break. As we mentioned in the previous episode, they mentioned that SmackDown just won bragging rights two years in a row. And yeah, <laughs> they just going to keep bragging, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so Cole also mentions that uh, it's back to the future, back to the future day, or I forget Marty McFly day and says that on, uh, on this day of uh, recording back to the future celebrates its 25 year anniversary which is uh, translates to current time where that means it's about to be 35. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, if that doesn't make you feel old. Priceless. <laughs> that is priceless. <laughs> yeah, we start off the. Oh, actually, I should say. So this feud actually comes from Maxine challenging Naomi after the limbo contest. Mm. But if you are uh, chronologically watching these episodes, you may be thinking to yourself, what? is a limbo contest <laughs> and as we mentioned in the previous episode this was actually cut from the network version of uh nxt and can only be found in the youtube version so yeah if you are lost it is okay we will help you <laughs> mm-hmm. just like the dark order just join us and we will help you through <laughs> this dark time <laughs> similar to last week's match i think this match was a little hard to review because at this point, WWE is not really focusing on the matches anymore and just kind of going into more of the shenanigans and uh, challenge points where the matches are not really given that much attention. Where at this point, Josh Cole and even Tony Chimmel start watching uh, like a movie, I think, on mm-hmm. one of their screens and they're just kind of playing around and horsing around where they're just eating popcorn and uh, eating hot dogs. They're, they're not even paying attention to the match. There's a lot of. Uh- Costume malfunctions in this match too. Or oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Naomi couldn't really move around too freely because her outfit kept interfering with her movements. Yeah, Maxine was trying to uh, get her in a headlock, but it was <laughs> really hard to do because the she's basically like squeezing a finger. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, how is she even doing anything at this point? <laughs> but 
there was a spot here where uh, Naomi ends up throwing, or I should say Maxine ends up throwing Naomi out of the ring and she took like a really nice bump and Josh was uh, trying to check on her. And even he said like, actually, I think she's fine because I think the costume took most of the bump for her, which I think he might, might be right. Depending hey, on man, that's all good. Yeah. And uh, of course, Cole uh, quickly replies saying like, Oh, come on, Josh, give her a hand. And you know, <laughs> the first pun of many throughout this matchup. Puns, something you got to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, they actually started brawling outside of the uh, or next to the broadcast team. I think they probably did this on purpose where the referee just probably told the girls to, you know, wrestle in front of the commentators just to make them focus again or something. Uh, But I had to hear that overall in the matchup, I think that Naomi and uh, Maxine actually work well together. They actually had pretty good chemistry with one another where I think the selling by the two and also just the, the mannerisms where... Maxine is the top heel and Naomi's one of the top baby faces that the crowd really were into this match for uh for the majority of the, the whole thing. So that just has to attest to those two having really good chemistry with one another. I think Maxine is underrated mm-hmm. in the ring. That's it really like yeah. <laughs> like now I'm thinking about it I'm like you know what? It makes sense as like why that match was good. Yeah. Because like they're both the ones who are probably like them and then um, AJ are like yeah, the yeah. best in the ring for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Maxine, Naomi, and AJ mm-hmm. were probably the most solid ones. So I think this is a sleeper match where hopefully they run it again in future episodes. Sans costumes. Yeah, sans costumes. Because even that just shows you where even in these really ridiculous outfits that they still were able to pull a good match and also get the the audience behind them at that point. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, in the closing sequence, what Michael Cole calls what Michael Cole calls a uh, a hand butt <laughs> to the head, uh, she actually gets the surprise victory here at three forty. And yeah, Naomi picks up the victory. Uh, afterwards, Josh and Cole continue doing their um, their hand puns after the matchup. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so afterwards, we cut. Again, to another backstage promo with Goldust and Oksana. They're uh, discussing about the wedding next week when we get our boy Nikopopolopoulos. I, I forgot what his name was. Nikopopoulos. <laughs> Nikopopoulos, I think. The uh, I know. I, I couldn't say it. I was like, who? Yeah, he says it so fast that I think it, that was part of the joke that he just didn't want to say. Snuffleupagus? No, yeah. <laughs> the uh, U.S. immigration agent. And he starts uh, questioning them about their marriage status and says, yeah, if uh, if Oksana doesn't get married by next week, that he will start the deportation process. So there's another uh, carrot hanging above their head at this point. Snufflovkis. Yeah. (laughs) Snufflovkis. Yeah, we go to commercial break and Cole actually brings up the vicious side of Nikki Bella from last week. saying that there has been some animosity between the twins since then. And, oh, snap, we got our boy Pyro Primo back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With his little pimp. Uh, yeah, it's like Pyro Pinwheels. Yes. Pyro Pinwheels for <laughs> Primo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is, uh, I think that's harder than the Bobby Fish who can eat as much fish thing. <laughs> that's harder to say now. Pyro Pinwheels Primo. <laughs> Try saying that. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so before the match starts, I thought it was pretty cute. Where uh, when all four of them were in the ring, that AJ ends up giving Primo his her uh, her Ninja Turtles backpack. I, I thought it was a, a really cute. It's touch. a nice little moment between two. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> so we start off the match, and yeah, there was a, a really nice hip toss by AJ to start off the match. And then Brie out of nowhere hits her own hip toss and natural selection. <laughs> Did you, you mm-hmm. catch that? Yeah, man, she was serving. Yeah. And yeah, even uh, Josh starts bringing up the points of like why he thinks the Bella twins have been uh, having issues recently. And I'll play a small clip here where um, he had mentioned that uh, I believe Nikki had just moved to New York while AJ stayed in L.A. So I don't know if that was true or if that was just in kayfabe. But apparently that's what kind of started the um, miscommunication between the two. Yeah. 
Well, Scoop, not only did you notice it, but everyone noticed the ferocious side of Nikki Bella last week here on NXT. You're going to see it right here. Nikki just snaps, and we've never seen this aggressive nature from Nikki Bella before in the past. The next part, I, I don't know if you caught this, where Cole had mentioned that the Bella Twins have had pretty much a rough start throughout the season where their rookie... Jamie Keys was eliminated first, and then Josh was like, "Who?" <laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah, the the blonde with the big muscles." I remember. <laughs> I was like, "Ah, poor Jamie, <laughs> not not even getting love after she had already left." <laughs> but yeah, AJ uh, was getting the upper hand on Brie on the outside, or I should say, AJ was getting the upper hand on Brie. So Brie actually went to the outside to recollect herself, and Nikki was trying to motivate her, and Primo hit the corner saying like. Uh, hey, 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 don't do that uh, switchy thing. I'm, I'm watching you. <laughs> I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Ah, finally, somebody's onto their little tricks. Yeah, <laughs> finally some justice after like four years of the Bella do- twins doing this. wreaking havoc on the WWE <laughs> with their twin magic. Yeah, of course, Primo catches them. <laughs> so yeah, I had here that AJ uh, hit a really good collection of kicks on Brie when she came back into the ring. And uh, Nikki Bella is still yelling at Brie from the outside, trying to motivate her. But the cameraman actually missed the next spot where I don't even think I knew what it was where. But by that point, AJ was already on the floor that I couldn't catch it in time. The closing sequence is when the referee again was uh, trying to uh, get a hold of AJ and Nikki Bella ends up pulling uh, Brie out of the ring and does the twin magic mm-hmm. and then yeah she just attacks aj and hits hits her with that good the old bella buster yes i was gonna say x factor but no nope, uh, bella buster <laughs> and yeah she uh, she gets the win at 417 and again after after the match brie bella is not happy with uh with the results even though that technically she won the match <laughs> And even Primo comes into the ring and starts yelling at uh, Charles Robinson at that point. Yelling at Lil Nate like he care. Yeah. <laughs> Lil Nate don't want to hear that from you, Primo. Especially from Primo of all mm-hmm. people. <laughs> care about your pyro pinwheels partner. <laughs> if anything, Charles Robinson should be coming out to some pinwheels. <laughs> Have fireworks in a robe. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely continuing the storyline here between the Bella twins that uh, it's kind of interesting that I believe this is probably the only pro storyline, solo pro storyline happening on NXT, which is uh, interesting. (laughs) After that, we get a backstage promo between DiBiase Jr. and Maurice. (laughs) So she's uh, she keeps saying that, you know, it's, you know, disgusting to be here, even though that they were just there for the SmackDown taping hint, hint. <laughs> and uh, she mentions the DiBiase like, you know, you're so rich. Why don't you just buy a new million dollar title? And DiBiase just says, you know, it's about the principle and that uh, that title has been in my family heritage for the last 20 years, which is probably even more that I think about it. Cause I think that belt was introduced in the late eighties. I think what was it? Yeah. I was trying to think of it too. I was like, really? Yeah. So, yeah, he uh, he just says... Maybe you say it for over 20 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, their plan tonight in the main event is to take back what is theirs. And we go to commercial break. So, do you remember <laughs> stand-up for WWE? I do not. I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, what is happening right now? Come on, man. Google me. When I was seven years old, my father asked me a simple question. He said, do you want to see someone fly? What seven-year-old boy is going to say no to that? I love my so-called job. This isn't a job to me. I go to work, and I'm living out my dream every single day. This is the one job, and if you don't tell anybody, it'd probably be for free. But I'm actually getting paid to have fun and be a positive influence. It's a win-win situation. You know, Cole, it's no secret that this is the only place I've ever wanted to be in my entire life. And I've been here for 10 years now. When people ask me where I went to school, I say WWE University. And now collectively, as a universe, we have the opportunity to stand up for WWE. And, you know, the scary thing is I'm sort of your teacher. Oh, God. (laughs) No, but nonetheless, Josh is right. It's all about entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. You have the opportunity to stand up. 
for WWE. And please go to WWE.com for more details on how you can participate. So in your take, without doing the research and uh, going to the website and signing up to defend WWE, I guess, what do you think was happening at this point? I think WWE was getting cyber bullied. <laughs> that was it. That's it. They were getting cyber bullied by the online community and their storylines were getting ruined. And they were saying, hey, <laughs> stand up for us because what we're doing isn't bad. That sounds like modern <laughs> as opposed to 10 years ago. I think now they should just pull out this campaign oh. for that exact reason. And that's what I think stand for WWE is. <laughs> so, yeah, Cole, before the uh, video package plays, says that WWE has been recently under some unfair attacks and that the WWE superstars are standing up for WWE. That's what I see. That's why I thought. Was what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who's been attacking them? Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, did some quick research because I had forgotten why they were doing this weird campaign. And without getting too political, this is actually when Linda McMahon was running for office. That is why they had done this. Uh, so I think they were just. Getting, oh. Yeah, I think they were just getting some bad press with her. Uh, she was trying to make a name. You know, she's trying to do the politics thing. And then everybody was like. We can't vote for her, man. Look at the show that she supports. And yeah, they're just yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. WWE's wholesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PG era. Yeah, so exactly. I think that was also a big factor of like why WWE had gone into the PG era to help her with her campaign. Because, yeah, they were pretty much just smearing her with all the stuff that she had been involved with at, uh, at WrestleMania out there catching stunners. Yeah, yeah, she- exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think at this point they were just trying to clean up the image not only for the company but for her campaign at this point so mm-hmm. that is what uh that's why i had to do the research because i totally forgot this even happened <laughs> so after that we have our next segment and i next- love how they had caval as one of them oh <laughs> my god they had del rio they like, had caval. like del rio caval <laughs> <laughs> the most random people michelle mccool was saying like oh yeah i, I don't even think of this as a job <laughs> i just <laughs> go in there <laughs> With, with uh her taker accent <laughs> so country so country yeah uh see, i forgot about the cobalt part oh man I, I that's what got my attention i was so confused trying to watch it. i was like what are they even trying to promote to me right yeah now? exactly so uh afterwards we have the halloween candy eating contest and striker had mentioned that naomi is still leading in the points for immunity so the way this contest works, which is very confusing, is that the rookies each have a minute to eat as much candy as they can from the plate. And the referees will tally after a minute and see who has the most uh, candy eaten off of their plate, which is kind of confusing because how do you even keep track of that? <laughs> I guess they just all had the same amount and everybody knew. And yeah. Just doing minus. I guess they so. just could have been like. Whoever eats the most, like each person starts off with X amount of candy. Whoever yeah. eats the most, like, you know, whoever has the least left, like, yeah, <laughs> it was, it looked kind of gross too, man. Cause it was just, it, did. it looked, it was just literally just a bunch of Snickers covered with fudge. And then you had some random like jelly bellies, I think on the side and they just took whatever they had in catering. Oh yeah. <laughs> or they just went to the concession and was like, mm, can I get all the Snickers? You get <laughs> a bunch of Snickers and, uh, and then somebody had some like chocolate syrup in the back. It was like, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> just to give it even extra gross factor. <laughs> so striker says before they start, he actually needs additional help. And of course we get horn swoggle. Of course. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I think this is the era where uh, Santino was on his way out and Swago was pretty much taking his About spot. About reign supreme. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man, because it's like, <sighs> we have an eating contest. There's only one person you know we have to call. It's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> Horn Swago. Like, what? <laughs> we have a wheelbarrow contest. You know, one person we have to call. Horn Swago. <laughs> yeah. He's so, uh, you know, it's like a Swiss Army knife. Mm-hmm. He's there for everything. I think this was in my notes I had where this is probably the easiest contest to actually half K because of the same reason that they could easily just pick someone ahead who was going to win and say like, okay, you eat the most and everyone else just kind of 
takes their time. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hey, sit there and just eat more. Or it's like, you know what? Hey, girls, just sit there and eat. Yeah. And then we're just going to, you know, count them. At the <laughs> so I thought it was a funny visual where like Vicky was yelling at the other Vicky <laughs> during this whole thing. And uh, yeah, the, this is where I had to, you know, reflect my score later on. But the crowd was eating this up. No pun intended. <laughs> where uh, they were chanting eat, eat, eat during the whole segment. And even at the end where. It was counting down to the last 10 seconds. They were doing it Royal Rumble style where they were counting down with the clock. So the crowd in, uh, yeah, Wisconsin was Man, was hot, this man. has to be around the time when Kobayashi was popular, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, yeah, you're right. Whole, like, eating, that's when eating contests started to get like hot. You're right. Yeah, that's probably also Kobayashi, added. Kobayashi, man. Yeah. <laughs> what was funny is that after the bell had rung, like Maxine was still eating and then, yeah, she ends up winning, <laughs> winning the, the challenge as well. So they were like, ah, whatever, like just, just give her a win. <laughs> and I thought it was probably not as funny. It was supposed to be, but Cole just says like, oh yeah, Maxine just has a big mouth. <laughs> I don't know why that just caught me off guard. And I, I remember just like laughing out loud at that point. It's Cause he's being honest again. Yeah. <laughs> That's a twofer. Yeah. It's twofer. <laughs> Afterwards, uh, Maxine continues her feud with Hornswoggle, just like being really aggressive with him and just pushing him. And then AJ steps up and defends him and they kind of do that uh, total elimination combo <laughs> where one of them is uh, behind and uh, just, no, I'm just kidding. The high low. <laughs> the high low. <laughs> but uh, afterwards, yeah, Caitlin also uh, fakes like she's choking and Hornswoggle goes over to uh to help her out and of course Vicky Guerrero just uh gets uh spat up on at that point. It's crazy because as like being somebody who's now like CPR certified, mm-hmm. <laughs> just seeing her choke like that, it's like, dang, when nobody went over. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dang, come on, man. It was a uh interesting segment where I think even that uh lost footage of the limbo challenge might have been a little bit more interesting, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So as uh, as Vicky was walking out, Cole mentions like, yeah, this is why NXT is the shortest episodic TV in history. This was a uh, pun at, you know, him always promoting Raw as the longest. longest. Yeah. But yeah, I actually did a bit of uh, basic number nomic number nomics. Yes, that's what I'll call it. <laughs> Word life. Yes. I did some quick math here to find out. This is interesting where NXT as we mentioned on episode 32, they uh, only had 32 episodes on sci-fi before moving over to WWE.com, YouTube, and Hulu. So I did some number crunches here, and NXT on USA will actually surpass that on the April 29th episode of uh, NXT. Well, they will surpass them by 33 episodes. Nice. Mm -hmm. After that, we go to commercial, and we have a... uh, we have a, a slight recap of uh, SmackDown before we get the voting graphic. And they had mentioned that Kane was going to have a funeral for The Undertaker on SmackDown. I remember that. <laughs> and uh, Josh or Cole does a quick reply saying like, oh, yeah, we should definitely have a uh, funeral for NXT. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we cut to a backstage promo where Vicky Caitlin is standing outside of uh, Vicky and Dolph Ziggler's Dolph Ziggler's locker room. Ziggler opens the door and you can hear Vicky just yelling from inside the room really loud. And uh, Dolph just says like, yeah, Caitlin, you actually make that outfit work pretty well. Shooting a shot. Mm -hmm. He definitely uh, shot a shot in perfection. (laughs) I think if uh, Vicky wasn't yelling at him, he would have, you know, proceeded at that point. Perfection. (laughs) So, yeah, they're definitely continuing the storyline, which uh, I'm not going to lie is probably the the longest storyline that they have on NXT so far. So it's, uh, it's working too, because the crowd was eating this up the whole night. So it's like them two. And then a uh, horn swoggle and max. Yes. <laughs> the two biggest feuds on NXT. Mm-hmm. So, far. so we go to commercial and when we come back, we have, uh, Josh saying that, you know, who knows if we're going to be on the air next week, but here's the, uh, the formal invitation for Oksana and gold wedding. I had here like, ah, not bad graphic shot from the production team. So I'll give him uh, credit there. And uh, this was also a line that I just have to insert the clip because the the tone that 
Josh says it in was uh, hilarious where it says like, yeah, we formally invite you to the wedding next week. And Josh just says like, we come to you from the most romantic city in the world, Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, next week on NXT, it is the internet event of the year. You are cordially invited to the, well, perhaps most wonderful wedding in WWE history, Goldust weds Oksana in the ro most romantic city in the world, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Both Josh and Cole just snickered where they, they couldn't <laughs> keep it together. Just perfect delivery by, by Josh at that point. After that, yeah, we go to the main event of the night, which is As Aksana and Goldust going up against the million dollar couple of Ted DiBiase Jr. and Maurice. I just realized that Aksana is uh, Asana with a K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That seems a soft man familiarity looking. It was that and me trying not to say Asana or Asuka <laughs> at the same time. So. Oksana, you've made it really hard for me, but now I'm used to saying mm. her name. <laughs> Oksana, Asana, and Asuka combined. <laughs> uh, so the after this, when they're making their way down to the ring, Cole was saying that uh, the devil made me do it, and Josh, for some reason, just dies laughing. He just like says, "Oh my god!" and just like starts laughing, and uh, he's. Then uh, Cole follows up saying, like, you know, what's the best thing that you can do before before your wedding? I know. Have a good old wrestling match. And Josh is like, hey, hey, we don't say that word on, on the air. <laughs> Still just catering to uh, the sports entertainment. Side mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, I was uh, I was saying that I think they uh, they had a pretty good match despite them wearing like their outfits. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did you catch this line? That I'm gonna insert here, where uh, Cole mentions the Survivor Series. Oh, NXT should participate in Survivor Series, just so they can so, uh, what? So they can survive? Yeah, oh yeah, so we can survive it as a show. Uh, I forgot. I didn't catch what he said after. Yeah, that. Yeah. I just remember hearing that. I was like, "What?" Uh, yeah, I was like, "Move over, Simpsons." Michael Cole predicts the future. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was almost a, ten years prior. Yeah, it's so crazy. And yeah, they start plugging in the uh, promo for Survivor Series. That was happening the next month. <laughs> you know, uh, the whole deal, NXT should participate in Survivor Series. Yeah. You just have to survive to get through this show. Well, speaking of Survivor Series, WWE Survivor Series. And oh snap, we have our I come for money. Oh, there we go. Priceless. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, his own theme here that I I I'm not going to lie. I marked up for it. <laughs> and then that's the one that had like the auto tune, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. come for money. money. All I know is I was super happy because I'm like, all right, I get to add another track to our uh, ongoing playlist. <laughs> so <laughs> Maurice came out doing her thing. Oh, yeah, dude. I had here that I'm not going to lie. She's probably taking whatever our truth is taking because she looks pretty much the same. Yeah, Maurice no age. Yeah, like she Look, she just knocked out like two kids too, man. And still like, looking the exact same, really. Still talking like she eating peanut butter. <laughs> Her accent is so thick still. Like I think it's like amazing. I was like, wow, that's nice. Like mm -hmm. you, I know you've been in America for the last ten years, but yeah, my there. my one of my former coworkers at uh, my last company, she was an interesting mix of. She was, I believe. Cuban or Nicaraguan? I can't remember. It's you get that right, man. You'll wind up getting missing by a cartel. Yeah, yeah. So let's just say a Latin accent. There we go. <laughs> and uh, but she was actually uh, she was actually raised in England, so she had a very very interesting accent when I met her at the at, at my last company where she had a clear British accent, but she looked Latina, obviously. And when she spoke Spanish, it just sounded like a very hybrid mix where it sounded exactly like a Spanish accent, but it just had like a twist of English in there, which it was, mm. it was so cool to listen to. And it was always, you're just like, yeah, always awesome to like hear it. 
And she said the same thing that she's been in the U.S. now where she's she feels like she's lost some of the accent. But for us, like we just said, like, we just love your accent. Like it just was such a cool hybrid to hear, you know. And, you know, it was like one of my favorite things to hear is like uh, one of my old coworkers who's from like London. Right. But mm. imitate Americans. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I was like, whoa, how do you do that so well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the people from The Walking Dead, for example, half of them are like British, but they sound so American based on like how they are able to perform. And you would think that they were either country ish or, uh, or just uh, typical American that you wouldn't even think that they were from england it's weird how british people could imitate americans and it doesn't sound offensive mm-hmm. but then like, when americans do it it just sounds it's like oh it's terrible it's like oh that's terrible yeah and it's like oh man you're doing a good british accent like nobody ever looks at idris elba and tells him he does a great american accent mm-hmm. you just yeah. take it and like absorb it and it's like oh wow yeah to start off the match we had marie slam uh aj down to the ring and it was a uh, is interesting because you had Oksana in the corner, or I should say, I'm sorry, Oksana, and uh, Marie slammed Oksana onto the mat and then was attacking her in the corner, and then Cole was bringing up that Oksana was actually flirting with DiBiase at bragging rights, so they're actually continuing the storyline mm. where uh, they're building off of it, and I keep forgetting that the uh, throughout the seasons with season one, two, and three that all the pros actually brought their rookies to all the mm, all these other shows right, yeah. yeah so i keep forgetting that they have uh i guess lure in in the rest of the wwe universe i guess mm, yeah, 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 true. Yeah, yeah so, so it's not like you just the people seeing them on nxt or just seeing them on mm-hmm. nxt like you've seen them on like raw and that makes sense because i was thinking like if this was on the uh what's it call it like the WWE.com. How did I know about this? Yeah, exactly. Because I seen them on like Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really like that point that he brought up because I was like, oh, okay. They actually started the storyline on uh, on a pay per view. So uh, afterwards, yeah, I had that. Maurice had a really nice leg sweep takedown that Oksana took it yep. took it really well. And yeah, going back to this crowd, man, they were super into this match where. All Maurice was really just doing is just like simple headlocks and uh, stretches. Chain wrestling. Chain wrestling. And she uh, she has really good facials to give her credit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the crowd was just like eating it up during, during this whole Chain matchup. wrestling and heat. Mm-hmm. Chain wrestling and heat. Work that. Yeah. So Oksana was able to finally break out of it and tag out to, uh, or uh, I should say, when she got out of the move, she actually accidentally made Maurice tag out to DiBiase. And this is the part I really wanted to watch because I just remember DiBiase being super underrated when it came to the Bro, ring. Yeah, dude, when the when Dustin and DiBiase got in the ring, the whole thing went from like zero to a hundred. Like they so were both crazy. going so fast. I was yeah. like, "What is this?" Yeah, they were doing like some really quick shoulder tackles and arm drags, and yeah, DiBiase hit like a really strong clothesline that, of course, you know. Both both guys sold like a million bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, of course Goldust starts countering it with his vintage uppercut. I feel like they might have talked about it like mm-hmm. before they went out. It was like, all right, dude, let's show him. Yeah, and then like they just went out there and just started doing their thing, and it was like, whoa. Yeah, and I have to give credit so much to the cameraman in this next sequence because they did it where Goldust was trying to go for a bulldog, and DiBiase just kind of countered it by pushing him up in the air, mm. and uh, afterwards. Same camera shot because after he lands, like it's right right in front of the camera mm. and the cameraman gets in good enough position where he backs up a little bit because afterwards DiBiase hits him with a baseball slide that makes him like fall out mm, the ring. That's right. So it was just a really good shot because it felt very like in your face, but making sure that he knew what the next sequence was yeah. going to be. So really good job by the cameraman at this point. Uh yeah, Josh also does a really good job of putting over DiBiase saying like, you know, he's become more vicious trying to get his uh, his belt back. So there's motivation. after Legacy? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think this was a- after Legacy. So, yeah, they're doing a really good job of putting over DiBiase's uh, motivations mm-hmm. on, on why he's being so vicious. And yeah, of course, DiBiase hitting some really nice drop kicks. And I always remember him 
having some really good uh, fundamentals. Mm-hmm. After that, Goldust is able to get it get the advantage and tags out to Oksana. Cole actually brings up that uh, <laughs> at this point, Oksana had lost both her horns and her tail, <laughs> but she was still and one of her heels. Oh yeah, that's right. Jeez, mm-hmm. she she's losing everything at this point. <laughs> And uh, yeah, same thing. She hits the same vintage uppercut as Goldust, mm-hmm. but she gets a huge pop from the audience. So they're so invested into this match. The benefit of familiarity. Yeah, exactly. Just it's so crazy how when you think of things, people will always remember the people's elbow, the Stone Cold Stunner. And for some reason, Goldust is uh, Shattered Dreams. <laughs> Shatter Dreams, I think people know him more for his uppercut, to be honest. It's, yeah, the drop to the knees and uppercut, because, like, he couldn't do Shatter Dreams all the time because he's illegal. Yeah, But yeah, the yeah. uppercut is, like, the uppercut is, like, a signature gold dust move for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The drop to the knees and hit the uppercut. It's it's crazy knowing how many people know what that is. Mm-hmm. Like, you would think it has to be something you would have to explain to people, but a lot of people know what that move is, so... Credit to him to, to really getting it over all the time. Kind of pose, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, all it was. Yeah, you just a delayed uppercut, and that's it. That's it. And then that's <laughs> just like uh, Kofi King's a stupid boom drop thing. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's a double leg leg drop, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Just gotta add some finesse to it. Two legs. <laughs> so after that, she almost gets the the pinfall here, but DiBiase has to go in there and break the count, and uh, Goldust hits that trademark clothesline where both men fall out to the outside and then yeah Maurice sadly spends too much time showboating where Oksana is able to roll her up into a small package for never the fails bro never <laughs> never a small package is the deadliest finisher in <laughs> NXT history so far I'm pretty sure like half the matches have been won by <laughs> no move is won more matches than the small package in, a, in the schoolboy slash yeah, girl yeah. man yeah the roll ups of all sorts have won more matches in WWE history oh, than yeah. any other move I I can guarantee that. <laughs> you see like four roll-ups per night on Raw. <laughs> and every match damn near in NXT we're watching ends in a roll-up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she uh, gets the victory here at 641. So definitely having some good uh, mojo going into their wedding next week. But after the match, yeah, DiBiase actually attacks Goldust and takes the belt back. But then he foolishly gets into the ring where uh, Oksana takes it back. And then she defends herself from both Maurice and DiBiase before Goldust gets back in there and attacks him to uh, regain his tie or re-steal? <laughs> Re-stolen? Repossess. Repossess. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so he steals the title once again. <laughs> but I really enjoyed this part where they're closing out the show, but Josh and Cole do a really good job of plugging next week's episode where they mention the wedding and the next elimination. So they do a really good job of plugging the uh, the show for next week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that closes out the episode and not too many fun facts here where it is both Maurice and DiBiase Jr.'s first matchup in NXT. Mm. And at this point, we have a grand total of 86 matches in NXT mm. as of episode 36 nice cool so i'll uh i'll let you start off this week all right so scores we're gonna jump into those things things and uh commentary i was very um you know like entertained i was into the commentary i went 3.5 oh, okay i nice. was into it uh you know coming off of the previous episode where i wasn't really as engaged i didn't really feel like the commentary was either mm-hmm. but um you know this week uh brought it right back up yeah I had it where I couldn't decide what I wanted to give a higher score to, but I gave this a four just because, dude, the, I think what factors in is, of course, it seems like they're really just like going on the fly where they're not really having anyone in their ear as much to tell them what to say. So at this point, kind of the same thing I, as I was talking about last week with the XFL commentary where they're just natural out there. They have a motivation where they're just trying to bury the show. That's what like the direction probably is from uh, from production. Mm-hmm. But the way they go about it, they still have to think about the jokes on the fly as mm-hmm. they're selling it. So 
yeah, Josh and Cole, I think, are going to go down as probably one of the most underrated broadcast teams ever. Oh, they're really good. Yeah, because yeah. they just bounce off of each other so well and so mm-hmm. naturally that they're so entertaining and funny to listen yeah, to. They're really good. Yeah. So, because to me, I always enjoyed uh, Josh and Taz and even uh, Cole and Taz. Mm-hmm. But when this combo of Josh and Michael Cole happened, man, like, yeah, they just have so much. So much chemistry with each Agreed. other. Yeah. Uh, what about matches? matches? I went three. No, oh, nice. Mainly because of the um the amount of matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we this is what I can't think of it. Too many episodes where we had three matches. I think we season. probably only had one show. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is a good one. And then um the main event was actually pretty red hot. Too, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I went a solid three there just because you know. I didn't think that all of the matches were super great. We had some like costumes getting in the way. Yeah, other, yeah. other than that, I think if they were just in regular gear and they ran this show, yeah, it probably would have gotten like a four. Yeah, to yeah be perfectly yeah. honest, three point mm-hmm. five to four. So I, I gave it a solid three, man. Yeah, yeah, I gave it just a slight higher where I gave it a three point five because mm. of the exact same reasons that you said. And yeah, I was just very impressed by what you just mentioned—the limitations of the costumes, but they were still able to just get the audience so engaged and uh behind them and yeah even the chemistry between uh maxine and in the uh who was it caitlin am i no maxine uh, and naomi no Ni- yeah maxine and naomi just knowing that they had such uh good chemistry with each other that despite the the costumes that they just had a really good match and same thing with the main event where dibiase and uh and goldus just tearing it up how you mentioned from zero to 100 it just was really really good production i went three for me the production did what they were supposed to do this week yeah so i felt that three was uh appropriate for them i didn't really think that they did anything too much i mean maybe if anything they probably I guess I'll kind of like loop in this kind of with the matches, but they probably should have had them switch into wrestling gear after, but I know they Mm. wanted to like, keep it, keep it cohesive for the show, but I think it just kind of ended up working to their disadvantage. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think, I think this week I was definitely a little bit more generous Mm -hmm. just because I, from, uh, I guess from my production standpoint, I gave it a a 3.5 just because kind of what I mentioned at the beginning of the show where I liked when, when wrestling shows are themed, actually, mm. I, I like when any show is themed, even if it's a regular sitcom show. True. Uh, I like it when it's themed and it's actually booked correctly. And in this case, for a wrestling show, I think they did a good job because they started off the show letting you know that it was going to be Halloween themed. They even the challenges were Halloween themed and just the overall pacing I thought was really fun. And I have to just give a big shout out to the, the city because the crowd was just into everything in this in this episode that it added to my um, entertainment factor next but i will definitely give a shout out to the production team overall on this episode and entertainment your boy went three and a half Ooh, i liked this episode mm-hmm. i thought that it was better than your average even though they had the same kind of like formula in there but i think that like extra match and then just the theme of the show kind of put me over into the 3.5 as opposed to just your average three nice so yeah i uh i gave it the extra mile man i actually gave him a 4.5 yeah so i don't know what it was i just for me to me i guess i think i've only given another another 4.5 on maybe a season one episode but i think they just nailed it with this episode where for me, for sure, if you couldn't already tell, this is my favorite episode of the season nice. of the season so far. I think they just did the perfect mix where a lot of came together, where it's still, of course, not classics from season one and season two with the mm-hmm. matches. But you can tell as long as you give me a match where people care about it and they're actually performing where they they're actually trying out there. I'm going to give you that credit nice and same thing with the pacing of the show and then when you have the crowd actually invested in it that's uh that's all you can ask for it which is weird because i feel i don't know why because i haven't seen the episode yet but for some reason they're trying to promote this because they're trying to make 
the next show, the the show to watch. But for some reason, this episode ended up being the must watch show to me, as opposed to the one that they're going to build up to. You know, that's because this is the go home episode. Yeah, and the next one is just like, oh, all right, yeah, <laughs> this is what you wanted to show me this whole time. Exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah, the go home show for a takeover, but they didn't have takeovers, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they're doing. And yeah, I. I really, really like this eliminations episode. or takeovers, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so that, to, a, to a lesser degree. Yeah. <laughs> Editor's note update. The final combined score for this episode is a 3.6. Hold up. So, yeah, that uh, that closes out the episode. And yeah, for the next episode, as we just mentioned, they're really hyping it up where it is the wedding of Goldust and Oksana. And we will also have the next elimination. So definitely a big episode coming up. And on top of that, I have a bonus surprise for you. Mm. So this next episode coming up, I want to see how you and I can split this, where if you want to watch the network version and I will watch the uploaded episode where it's, this is the episode where you hear the Kevin Dunn commentary over it. Wow. So the next episode, we will try to see how we split this, where we'll provide it in two different perspectives where you cover it from the standard viewing point, And I'll see it more from the actual production standpoint. Mm, okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Cause this is like a really big deal because it's, we already have two things hyping it up. And there was that mistake where if you don't recall this, uh back in the day when they uploaded this to youtube they accidentally updated it where they muted most of the standard commentary with michael cole and striker and you clearly just hear uh kevin dunn doing the production side so he's doing everything he's counting down the segments he's giving instructions to Mm, michael cole okay so it's a very rare episode where i think they've caught some clips here and there when Kevin Dunn has said this, but this is legit like the full episode where he's just calling the entire. Sh- mm, per- is it still just up there or no? YouTuber? It's not there, but uh, uh, another YouTuber has up- nice. uh, okay has re-uploaded it at that yeah. point. Yeah. So yeah, tune in for the next episode because it's a very big episode, and you'll hear a different input from it at that. Nice. Cool. So that will do it for this episode. My, uh, yeah, my only plug as always is our Art of the Bay show coming up. And uh, we will be there if you want to chat it up with the old NXT crew. NXT half K crew. Yes. <laughs> but I, I don't have any um, shout out to Houston, Texas. Ooh, yeah. I was just looking at your uh, Royal Rumble pin and. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know what? We was there and it was in Houston. And I like Houston. So, shout out to Houston, Texas. Shout out to Booker T. What else from Houston? Shout out to Undertaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Caitlin. Ah, right. Uh, I knew there was a connection Houston, there. Houston, Texas, baby. Yeah. What better way to end the show with that? So, yes. <laughs> thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Ciao. <laughs>